Welcome to the Duo Podcast. That's Disney, Universal, and Orlando. I'm Amelia. And I'm Gabriella. We are two sisters who are not so secretly obsessed with all things Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, and Orlando as a whole. We're going to be talking about our favourite rides, our much-loved places to eat, how we plan our trips, and our most memorable experiences at our number one vacation destination. Plus, we're going to have a few special guests weaving their way in and out of the episodes, so please do listen in, get involved through social media, and enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Duo Podcast with me, Gabriella, And me, Amelia. We're back together. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh, my goodness. How long has it been since we recorded an episode together? You know, I haven't actually checked, but I think it was, it's probably a month or so, I think, because Mm. you and dad did some episodes together, which were great, by the way. I kind of really enjoyed listening as a listener because I don't mm. tend to listen when it's my voice because I just like I have to listen when we edit them and I'm always like cringing like oh I sound terrible so I never actually listen to the episodes <laughs> but with you and dad I really I really enjoyed those I feel like everyone's probably like that I know that a lot a lot of our listeners tend to be vloggers so I'm curious if if the vloggers out there are like oh we don't like to see our own faces either yeah because um, yeah it's always a little bit cringe listening to your own voice but uh, I actually did a few solo episodes as well and that was all my voice (laughs) yeah you did and they were really really good like I I'm not someone I don't really enjoy doing this doing solo episodes I've tried it a couple of times and like I don't know I just can't when I'm not having a conversation I'm just very aware that like I'm speaking into nothing (laughs) and Mm. so I really struggle doing it Um by myself I thought that was really interesting because uh, I was thinking the other week that you used to have your own podcast, didn't you? But then I remembered that you used to interview people yeah. like almost every time, didn't you? I don't think you did many or any solo episodes. So yeah, I um, think I only did like a couple and I was happy with them, but a couple out of many, which I recorded and I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not both. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely like when it comes to Disney stuff as well like I enjoyed recording the solo episodes and I'm sure that I'll do some more in the future um but when it comes to Disney the best thing about it is sharing like sharing the experience of recording and talking about it I actually went to um a a sales meeting um technically it was was going to be a sales meeting uh, a few weeks ago with a head teacher of a school where I would also love Walter to go to that school it's like a super cool Scandi school um, and when I'm sitting there I'm like chatting with the, this guy about you know what I do and where I do it etc etc and then my eyes like flickered to to his wall and I was like is that a picture of Bay Lake Tower um and he and he was like he looked at me with these like big eyes and he's probably listening to this right now so if you're listening to this Matt shout out to you um and he he was like oh my goodness you know you know Bay Lake Tower and I was like yes and then I looked around the room and I started to notice all of these other little Disney things around the room and oh my god two hours later we were still talking about like Disney Vacation Club and um how we spend our first morning when we're there he he goes to Grand Floridian Cafe while we go to 1900 Park Fair um and and it was just so so much fun and that's the the thing that you miss I think when you're recording a solo episode is the opportunity to share it with someone else so true and I love stories like that when you meet someone and you're like oh are you a are you a fan of Disney? And they're like, yeah, I'm a really big fan of you. And then suddenly you just nerd out (laughs) together like, oh my God. 
oh it was it was exactly that it was the best the best meeting that I think I've ever been to so so yeah it was really really fun and I think something that I do also want to just like give a little shout to at the moment is obviously one of the reasons why we've we've not recorded together in a little while is because Amelia is an eight hour time difference away from me here in the UK and so when Millie's usually waking up Walter is usually needing picking up from the childminders so there's that but I will also say that like there has been a bit of a, a kind of a sour taste because of the the pandemic that I do feel like I need to kind of reference for a moment here is like um, because I think there's so so many of our listeners as well who've had trip after trip after trip cancelled um, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of end in sight to this lack of UK, um, UK, US, what do they call it, travel corridor. Um, you know, a few, I think it was probably about four weeks ago, was it Biden was here in the UK and a lot of people were like, oh, maybe, maybe this will be, you know, they'll make a deal or, um, you know, there's been loads of little moments where I think a lot of us thought, well, perhaps this is going to be the turning point. Um, and obviously that's not happened just yet. And alongside that, I think a lot of our listeners know my kind of feeling about the, the vaccine and the masks, et cetera, which I know masks are no longer a thing, but um, the idea of needing a vaccine in order to travel is, is potentially for me going to be a bit of a deal breaker, at least for, at least in the short term. And I, I suspect that some of our listeners have kind of got a similar vibe to that as well. So just wanted to give a little bit of, um, a nod to that and a nod to how kind of how much it can emotionally affect us as Disney lovers to think that you know there there is this time period where we don't know when we're next going to be able to go back so this is like a an airwave hug to anyone who who's feeling a little bit of that vibe um but hopefully the next few episodes that we've got planned for you are going to give you some of that that hope back (laughs) Yeah, we're going to try and flip it a little bit because I know that we, like last year when we did, when we started this podcast, it was more about let's remember, you know, let's, let's remember the good things. Let's talk about Disney. And then obviously a year into it, like, okay, well, we we can remember the good things, but we can't really plan for the next trip because we don't actually know when we're going to be able to go. So now we're going to be not doing things differently, but we're we, we've thought of like fun ways to still keep the magic alive and just still, mm. still keep that hope there. And I hope yeah. that I hope that the next couple of episodes in particular don't make you queue. Um, I'm trying to think because I, because of where I am and because of what we're talking about, I don't want it to be like nah, 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 or anything oh, like that. No, no, like our listeners are super excited, supportive people, and I'm sure that living vicariously through you in Los Angeles right now is one of the best the best things that we can do at a time when we are otherwise grounded so today's episode is all about Amelia's recent trip to Universal Studios in is it Hollywood does it count as Hollywood it is Hollywood it's Bangalore in Hollywood oh amazing so I obviously was not there so I'm going to be asking (laughs) Amelia some of the questions that hopefully all of you want to hear the answers to as well and we're just going to get a little bit of a vibe as to what what it is and what's going on over there and if you are listening and you've been before to Universal Studios in Hollywood let us know what your experience was as well um but let's let's just kind of get started with when you when you first knew that you were going um, to Los Angeles, Mel, were you already sort of sold on the idea of going to Universal Hollywood? 
Yeah, definitely. I felt like because this is my first time in Los Angeles and Gabby, Gabby had been here maybe, what, eight years ago? You've been in LA? Is, uh, eight, is that accurate? Nine. Oh my nine, God. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's so long uh-huh. ago. So Gabby had been here before and I wasn't sure, you know, I've never been, always wanted to come, not sure when I'll come back. And so I really wanted to be like, okay, well, I may as well go big especially because with everything going on it's like you don't know when you'll be back you don't know if things will be different um so I was totally sold on going to Universal and as well Universal Studios is in up in like the Hollywood Hills and I am based about 15 minutes away from that so if you've been to LA before or even if you haven't LA is very very spread out it's really big and I'm very lucky that I kind of dropped on in an area that's sort of center. I'm in like the West Hollywood area, which is mm. kind of a hub for, it's like in the middle, so it's easier to get to places. And it just so happens that it was really close to Universal Studios. So yeah, I was totally sold immediately. Oh, that's super convenient, isn't it? Because I think when it comes in in a few weeks time, we'll come to talking about your experience that you will have, you've not yet had, um, of going to Disneyland, which I can't wait. I can't wait to hear how you get on there. Mm-hmm. I think um, logistically and transportation wise, it's going to be a totally different story. Yeah. Uh, so it's so it's super, super convenient that you're as close as you are to Universal Hollywood. Um, and then just to kind of get the, the more boring bits out of the way in terms of those sort of practicalities, what was booking and paying like? Was it, it comparable to to Orlando? Yeah, it was it was super easy. I mean, dad's always done the booking for him whenever we go to Orlando. So this was probably my first experience of that. But one of the things so it will probably be good to talk about like the situation in LA because it kind of goes hand in hand. But at the time when I booked the tickets, um, mask, the mask mandate had been dropped in all of LA. So you didn't need to wear them inside. You didn't need to wear them outdoors unless you wanted to. And so when it came to booking online, I was just looking into, because before, before the mandates dropped, there was more of like a restriction on like, you could only go if you were vaccinated or different things like that, or it it was encouraged that you get like a COVID test, that kind of thing. So it was a bit more intense. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna, if, if it's worth all of that, but then all of that dropped. So it was super easy to get the tickets online. They cost English pounds. I think it was like a hundred English pounds. Which, which is a lot, but we're used to it, I guess. We're used mm. to like the prices being like that. And I think it came to like $124. That was like the, the initial ticket. Mm. Yeah, that's not so bad. I think feel like that's very similar to Universal Orlando, I would think. Yeah. Um, and so there then, do they only have one park? Is that right? Yeah, so the way it's laid out, I actually found it, I think it might actually be smaller than, obviously it's smaller than Universal Students and Islands of Adventure, but in terms of like a park in general, I found it to be smaller but spread out. Like, Mm. so uh, pretty much all of the rides are like Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure rides put into one park, like the best ones really. So, which wasn't a bad thing, but that's just something I noticed. There was maybe like two rides that aren't already in Florida that I oh, that were really? like, yeah. That oh was totally so what, what, what were they then? What, what was it that they had that um, we've already experienced in Orlando? And then if you tell us what was different there. 
mm-hmm. like what attractions did they have which they don't have in Orlando yeah so the first ride I went on it's kind of the first area you come to was Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey which I was totally emotional walking through Hogsmeade because it it's basically exactly the same as in Orlando except it's probably they don't have um Hagrid's motorbike journey whatever whatever that ride is called so that area is smaller however it looks pretty much the same so I just made like a beeline straight to the forbidden journey I rode that twice um I rode the mummy three times because let me tell you guys if you're a single rider because I went by myself because you know you have more fun alone (laughs) single rider cues I went on everything like two or three times even when the day got really busy It was just super easy to walk on through the single rider. So yeah, they had the mummy, they had the Transformers Transformers ride, which surprisingly, I never used to find that ride fun, but it was really fun. I don't know why I I enjoyed it more. I think it's because Islands of Adventure, they have like the Spider-Man ride, which they didn't have here. And me and dad always prefer the Spider-Man ride. So by the time we get onto Transformers, we're like, oh, this isn't as good as Spider-Man. So maybe that's why. But the other ride, they had the Big Simpsons ride, which I didn't actually get on because the second I got in there, I don't know why, that was just easily the most popular ride and they didn't have single rider. So the second I walked in at like 9am, it was already like an hour and a half wait. So I never actually Mm -hmm. went on that, but I imagine it's exactly the same as the one in Orlando. They also had... When you... So... So if you've been to Universal and Islands of Adventure, you'll see that they have like the um, Fast and the Furious simulator ride. And they also have the King Kong simulator. And they do they still have Earthquake? Oh, I don't know. I think, isn't Earthquake the Fast and the Furious now? Oh, maybe that's I it. don't know. I don't know because I've not been to Universal or Islands for like four years or something like that. So yeah. I'm not I'm not that up to date with with it. But all I all I know, all I remember is that there's a load of simulators, <laughs> which yeah. is like my, my big kind of critique that I often have of, of Universal Resort. Yeah, so those three rides, they're separate rides at Universal Orlando, but at Universal Hollywood, they have a, it's like a Universal Studios ride, because if you might not know, but the Universal Studios in Hollywood is based on a a working, like, studio lot, so they do films there, and they show you around different places where they did the Avengers, or where they did Psycho, and all these, like, classic films, and within that tour, which is, like, 60 Minutes, it takes you through a few experiences which are King Kong, Fast and the Furious and Earthquake basically rolled into one one experience. So that's how they kind of, I think that's what makes the the park maybe smaller because they've weaved many of the rides into like the same experience, if that makes sense. Mm. Oh, that's quite cool though. Cause that that was, I remember when you um, sent over some photos and videos that me and dad were like oh my god it's like it's like um the backlot tour at Hollywood well what used to be MGM studios yeah um we we used to love the backlot tour and being able to like see different um, movie memorabilia and cars and planes and um you know how they create the movie magic and stuff like that and obviously you still get a little bit of that at um the Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular in Hollywood studios but I suspect that that probably maybe won't be around for that much longer um so so that's that was something really nice to see that that kind of attraction still exists in the world 
Yeah, I loved it as well because there's quite a few of the... Uh, I'm a big movie buff and there's quite a lot of the studios in Los Angeles that are still closed due to the pandemic. But this one is one of the only ones that's open and you can only do it if you're already going to the park. But that was a really, a really fun experience. And I think weaving in those, those other rides as well, it just, yeah, it's more exciting because it takes you into like, I don't even think it's the same in Universal Orlando, but there's, it's like these massive 360 domes, which I know that those simulators are in like 360 screens, but this was huge. It was a lot more immersive. So I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Oh, cool. That sounds really cool. And then, so in terms of attractions that they have there that they don't have in Orlando, what was different and new for you? Yes. Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind is the Secret Life of Pets ride, <laughs> which that's the last ride I ride I rode in the day and I had no idea what it was going to be because at that point my phone was like low on battery so I didn't want to go and look and see what it was but it seemed to be it's the only one that you needed to get a reservation for and it seemed to be the most popular one so I managed to get a reservation I think it was for like 345 to 445 and annoyingly it was around about the same time that I realized I was getting burnt on my chest because Honestly, it was freaking hot. It was hot in this park. And obviously, because you're up in the hills, you're like closer to the sun, which I don't know if that's real science, if you're closer to the sun, (laughs) but I feel like it was. And the queue was outside. So I was like, oh, damn, this is going to take a while. But the Secret Life of Pets, the ride, it's an Omnimover, but it's a really beautiful Omnimover because I haven't seen the Secret Life of Pets. I want to see it. I feel like it's something we would like, especially Walter. I think he would love it. I think it's imagine like Toy Story but for pets it's like animals getting up to mischief in an apartment complex so the queue goes through an apartment and you see loads of like different different animals and then the ride itself you're just slowly moving around New York but it's just the way that they've designed that ride it's like very colorful very bright and vibrant and just a nice way to end my day because my feet were killing Mm. at this point as well so that was new and then that sounds like loads of fun. I, I did watch the Secret Life of Pets movie when it came out. I think I went for one of my friend's little boy's birthdays. And I remember mm. thinking it was really good and like funny, sort of lighthearted sort of movie. So, um, yeah, that definitely sounds like one I probably would have ridden. Yeah. And it was kind ridden, of road. road. And there was kind Rid, of like some, <laughs> there was kind of some like emotion moments because in the queue area, there were so many bits that I knew that Walter would like you know interactive things where you can press a bell and it rings someone's bell and and I was like oh Walter Walter would love this but one day one day um and the other ride oh Jurassic World so Mm, how is that that was amazing I really I really really loved that that was another moment where like even though my phone battery was dying I just had to video call dad when I was like because the way that this park is set out, you have one section of rides, which is in one part of the Hollywood Hills. And then you have to take like four really long escalators to get down to like, air quote, the lower lot, which is just a lower level of the hills. But these escalators, they take like a good, must be like six six to seven minutes to go all the way down or all the way up because it's a really far way down oh my so gosh. yeah I know so it's one of those that like 
I mean, I went up and down a couple of times because I was by myself, but I think if you were being more tactical, you'd probably spend the first half of your day up at the top and then the next half down at the bottom. So yeah, when I got to Jurassic World, the ride, and if you've been to Universal Studios, Island of Adventure, then Jurassic World, it's like a, it's like a water log flume ride. <laughs> That's like the mm. most boring way to explain it. It's one of our favorites. We love it. But the one in Universal Hollywood is more based around the recent movie, Jurassic World. So it's a lot more immersive. Like when you're first going on the boat ride around before you make your ascent, ascent or descent? Ascent. Ascent is when you go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you go through like if you've seen Jurassic World and they're, un- they're kind of underwater and they see a big underwater dinosaur swimming around them. Obviously, we we weren't underwater. I think they they were just screens, <laughs> but um, not that I think. But obviously, of course they, of course they were. <laughs> but it felt real. <laughs> oh so God. yeah, I love that. And then also when you when you are going up, and before you go down, there's like a surprise because you see one one massive dinosaur to the left, and you're like, oh, that's the big one. Before you go down, and then suddenly this, this is going to be like a spoiler. <laughs> And then suddenly something happens that surprises you before you go down. (laughs) I also found that it was a lot steeper than the one in Florida, which like, that's Mm. one of the reasons I don't go on Ripsaw Falls because it's so steep. I feel like I'm going to like flop forward. So it was, it was a lot scarier, but it was so much fun. I much prefer that version to the one in Florida. I know that you said though, that they don't have the, Jurassic Park music because obviously they've got the Jurassic World music instead on that attraction and to me that's such a deal breaker like I there's nothing that I love more like in in the whole of Islands Adventure in fact and I would actually say this even even over the top of Harry Potter that is that moment when the gates open when you first go into Jurassic Park yes. River Adventure and it goes or or it might actually be the other song yeah so you're talking about the right one when the doors open it's true mm. that didn't the door opening thing didn't happen it was oh, it was a similar... as if a door didn't open <laughs> I know right I think <gasps> but yeah I, I think you know that Universal Orlando one I do feel like it could do with an update not necessarily to be like Jurassic World but I just think in general seeing what the Jurassic World one is like and the technology that they've been able to use with that. I'd love for them to do do some stuff like that in Orlando as well. So I wrote that, mm. I wrote that twice. Wrote that twice. I feel like I feel like I, I from what you've described, and I would be apprehensive if they said they were changing Jurassic Park to be more similar to that, because I would expect that it would become another simulation of some description in some way do you know what I mean where it's like Mm. it's a physically moving attraction but maybe they've got screens that are simulations and 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 I just don't I I just like real stuff (laughs) she says about a dinosaur right I just like real stuff this was a this was a good use of the tech though because it's not simulating your movement you're literally riding through and they're just trying to make it immersive because obviously they can't get can't get no real dinosaurs underwater so I really, mm. I, I really liked what they did with that. And I really felt for, there was a girl who was like, she was probably my age when I first rode, you know, any ride in Universal when I was like seven. And she was, she was like bang out 
clear that she did not want to ride this and her mum I know and her mum was just like you're gonna love it and I'm thinking no she's not don't force your kid to ride this when she's like having a breakdown so I'm like trying to calm her down be like oh I was your age when I tried this and like you know I was upset but I enjoyed it and by the end of it this girl was still like gutted she just she hated oh it yeah she hated it it would so. be like you when we when we rode dinosaur for the first time in animal kingdom and dad thought you passed out during the attraction because you were like screaming and your head was down and you yeah. didn't speak to him for the rest of the day so, I know yeah, I guess like, that... word to the wise parents do not force your kids to go on attractions that they are afraid of the difference was I had a weird fascination with dinosaurs and I really genuinely mm. thought I would like that ride I think it's the second we sat down and you just get a vibe of oh this looks a little bit sinister and then it all goes downhill <laughs> from there whereas this girl she knew what it was she knew what it was what it was going to look like she did not want to do it so <laughs> you're not gonna make it we're not gonna make it <laughs> oh god I love that cool so is there a city walk um at Universal Hollywood that is so that city walk it's like it's smaller than the one in Orlando and rather than being like a circle walk around a lake it's more like a long dad described it what's the right word for this like a long thoroughfare I mean that's a fancy (laughs) word we could go with that it's basically the moment you get out of the cab you're just walking a long path until you get to the park so that's mm. and there's you know there's shops either side they've got all pretty much the same restaurants so they have like Bubba Gump Shrimp, Margaritaville, Blaze Pizza, Pink's Hot Dogs they had all you know all the classic typical mm. things so I, I really like the layout of that because you're kind of like the thing in Orlando is that because you're going around a lake, it's all super open. Whereas the one in Hollywood, they had all of these designs going over either side of the walkway. So it kind of felt like you were kind of indoors, even though you weren't, which I really mm. liked and very vibrant and beautiful. So what did you eat then during the day? Tell us everything that you ate or drank whilst you were there. Okay, so for breakfast, I had a butter beer. <laughs> I went straight. Yum. Yeah, and I never... I breakfast actually, of champions. I never usually get butter beers because I find them too sweet. So dad usually gets them. I was like, I can't be in Hogsmeade and not get one of these. So I had one, a frozen one with the marshmallow fluff on top. And I, I think that's the beauty of going by yourself is that you can really just pace yourself and obviously because you're not waiting for anyone because once I got this I just went and sat down and you know sat in the Simpsons area watching the world go by watching people take photos and it was just really nice to just be present and be with that rather than rushing to like the next ride so that was my breakfast and then for my brunch at like 11 30 ish after I rode the mummy around the corner there was this like a uh, food vendor called mummy eats and I was craving a corn dog because I've actually never had a full corn dog before uh, I've always wanted a corn dog I've never had one I that's the only thing that I think I would ever order from Casey's corner on main street because we did have hot dogs there once before and they made us all throw up which I think is is not everyone's experience but so I would never probably order a regular straight up hot dog again um 
but I would definitely try a corn dog. I like the idea of like the sweet sweetness of the cornbread. Mm. I think we've had them before, like as mini corn dogs, maybe at Christmas, but never like, you know, going to the States and having a corn dog. So I had a classic corn dog with fries. It was really, really good. Like it, it really hit the spot, just like the sweetness of the the bread the dough whatever whatever that is (laughs) and the savor the savory flavor of the hot dog that was really nice so I had that whilst watching kids meet Optimus Prime who I think is that big transformer guy that everybody loves and stuff I'm pretty sure it was him so just watching the kids interact with him and again thinking of Walter and being like I don't think Walter would go anywhere near Optimus Prime he (laughs) he's a he's a gentle child he does not he wouldn't go near like metal and stuff like that but um and then after that I didn't really eat until blaze pizza and this was my first blaze pizza and it's been hyped up a lot we've heard we've seen many vlogs and many vlogging families who we know and love who are like all in on blaze pizza they love it And I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but I wouldn't say I was like mind blown impressed. Mm. Does um do you think that Pizza Ponte still tops it? Because we always choose Pizza Ponte at Disney Springs over Blaze Pizza. Um, and I love Pizza Ponte. Yeah, well, that's what I put down in my notes saying that I still stand by that Pizza Ponte is more delicious. And it's because Pizza Ponte tastes more homemade. Whereas mm. these pizzas taste a lot more like, like, no, I don't want to say Subway because they weren't, they weren't bad. But I mean, like, you know, they're just making the pizzas, putting them in the oven, all of this. It just feels a bit more streamlined. So Yeah, I am. Um, I kind of, because it's funny you use the example of Subway because that's like how I imagine it to be in a way is like if Pizza Ponte is like your, um, sort of family deli where they make some like nice sandwiches versus Subway is the Blaze pizza where there's like a a bit of a production line and you just choose what you want on it and they throw it on and I mean it it sounds good like I'm I like pizza as much as the next person so I could probably eat a pizza at both places in one day but if I was going to choose I think I would still favor Pizza Ponte Disney Springs so so it's good to know that that was your experience because I potentially don't need to go and waste my money <laughs> and place pizza. Um, but that's cool. So did you not have anything else sweet for like the rest of the day? I mean, that's quite a bit like a butter beer, a corn dog and fries and a pizza and a beer. <laughs> so I well, think... Well, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And I also, you know, I took the pizza home with me because I only had about half of it. But um, I think that's what something I notice in, in LA. I just it's not that I naturally eat better, but like, it's obvious when I'm eating particularly heavy foods. So if I'm having Mm. like a day of junk food, um, by the time it got to like five o'clock, I was like, Ooh, I feel, I feel heavy. (laughs) I feel like you're done. Yeah. You're done. You're done. So, Oh, it was just such a good, such a good day though. Like I, I had no qualms with going by myself whatsoever. I actually, it would have been nice to go with someone, of course, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, and then once I got there, I was like, wow, this is, this is a really nice experience doing this by myself because I'm not mm-hmm. having to wait for anyone, especially if, 
if I was to go, it would be with a new friend that I've made here or something. And it's like, you know, you get to know people when you go to a theme park with them, <laughs> with them. You get to know like their impatience yeah. and their tolerance and all of that. And so I, I really just enjoyed this experience by myself and I would highly recommend it to anybody else. Mm, plus you got to make the most of those single rider lines. And do they did, did they have fast track running during the pandemic or no? Oh yeah, they did. They had Universal Express. Mm. They had that running, which I believe was oh, like that's what it's called, their express. It's like an extra one at least $120 on top of what you've already got. And I know it's So it's basically like paying twice for your ticket. Yeah. And I absolutely, I, we, we did that once like years and years and years ago at Universal Studios. And it was so worth it at the time because this was when, you know, everything was a lot busier. It made sense, but it actually, the park didn't get super busy until maybe 12 o'clock. And if you can really power through those rides and if you're not bothered about like single rider on some of the stuff, if you're with like a family and you're just like, okay, let's just do single rider because we've done this before, then you can really get everything done by lunch. I really wanted to just take my time and get my money's worth. But, you know, people that do fast track, I just feel like there isn't as much value in it, especially not right now. I forgot to mention, sorry, mm. that I did actually have another beer earlier in the day after I went on because I just looked at the price and I was like confession confession so in the Jurassic world area they have a bar called Isla Nu bar because if you know Jurassic world it's set in in Isla Nublar (laughs) or Isla Isla it could be Isla 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 okay because I know that in some places side note like in Mexico, they call things like Isla, Isla Mujeres. That's the what they call the islands. Some places call it Isla. Oh, no way. Some's Isla. So I don't know, guys. You just tell me. You just hear what you want to hear there. But this beer cost $16. What? What was it made of? Gold? I don't know. I was just really craving it. But it was. it's an Isla Nublar IPA. It was a, an IPA pint. And it kind of came to like 11 pounds, which, you know, it's pretty ridiculous, but I guess it's just a one-off. I'll probably never spend that much money on a pint until my next trip. (laughs) But yeah. Wow. And they don't, do they not have any like nighttime spectaculars or anything? No, they don't. That's a good question, actually. They didn't have any nighttime spectaculars. I was, one thing that they do do, I don't know if they do this in Orlando, (laughs) you I know, do, do. is you can leave the park and come back that same day all you have to do is get like mm-hmm. a stamp on your hand but I didn't do that because I was exhausted by the end of it but part of me wanted to stay to see what it was like at night time but I just I just mm. didn't have it in me oh yeah the stamp on your hand that was that was like old school I remember they used to do that at Disney it was like um they would stamp a, a glow-in-the-dark stamp so you could leave the park and obviously come back and now it's all on your magic band anyway so no need for that anymore but uh but cool so what so were you finished quite early in the day then I guess no I was there until about five mm. five and this was like this was probably the thing that when I got home I had to like shower to wash away how annoyed I was because this could have could have ruined the day because after I'd had the blaze pizza I had 
one thing to know about LA, especially now, is that it's quite hard to get an Uber or a Lyft or any kind of taxi because um, due to the pandemic, there's just a shortage. Uh, a lot of the drivers didn't go back to work. So there's a big shortage on cabs out here. And the ones that you can get are usually quite expensive. So to get to Universal Studios, it costs me, I think, £12, which was fine, whatever, mm-hmm. for about 15 minute to 20 minute journey and that I think I rode that at like 8 a.m and I'd booked a cab to come back because usually the trick is like if you book it then you'll get the cab and the price won't change so I booked it for like half past five and it just it just didn't come and it took me an hour and a half to find another one when I was exhausted I was tired every time I tried to order one and if it had been too long I was like okay I'll cancel and try again there was a price surge so it just got more and more expensive. And I ended up paying like uh, like 29 pounds to get home, which is lucky considering they can really go up to like 50, 60 dollars for those types of journeys. Oh my God. So when I got back, my the lady who I'm staying with, Michelle, she was like, how was it? And I was like, I'm going to go for a shower and just wash away how annoyed I am about getting back. And then I'll let you know because <laughs> it re- it's Aww. so it's so nearly ruined my day so that's just something to be aware of if you're not driving then you just be or just try and drive <laughs> try mm-hmm. and drive I wonder if the same applies in Orlando at the moment or if it applies in cities around the world at the moment that Ubers and things like that are in short supply and so those that do exist are considerably higher in cost yeah which is um, why I've got to be particularly tactical when I go to Disneyland because Disneyland is about 45 minutes to an hour away so I'm hoping if I take a cab really early in the morning and really late at night, I should be all right. And I also think I have a friend mm. who's going to come on one of the days, so she might even be able to drive us back. So, um, but yeah, that was the, that was the only downside. Cool. Oh, well, I'm so looking forward to hearing about your Disneyland um, experience. But just to wrap up with this one, then what was your absolute like high point of, of your day? Hmm. It's probably a cross between just just getting there and being on my own and knowing like, wow, I can just do whatever I want today. And then like messaging you guys and and just saying like how how much I wish you were there. Just like those moments of being very present and very aware of like where you are. But then probably having the beer whilst watching people come down in the Jurassic World ride because it was really warm. And they also, I forgot to say, they also had like, you could meet a velociraptor. And this like velociraptor was like massive and you could go and meet it and it's moving (laughs) and it's like roar, which was so, so cool. So just watching like people watching, singing with a beer, watching people come down the ride, that was probably up there with with the heat and yeah just being very present that was probably my top moment which is funny because it's like nothing to do with rides and all to do with just being there but that's always that always tends to be the case in Orlando as well isn't it it's like we've we've all got favorite rides we've all got favorite foods but often the moments that you remember the most are those that are just like the in-between bits where you just like notice something that you wouldn't normally notice because you're just so present and so submerged in the whole experience so I'm sure that a lot of people can really connect and resonate with that as well so So I'm looking forward to seeing some more of your pictures from it and I guess that when we promote this episode it'll be with uh, a photograph that of your choosing Amelia because you always choose photos 
Um, so that'll be great. And then, as I say, in, a, in the next couple of weeks time, we're probably going to be getting an episode to everyone about your Disneyland experience, which is definitely very much awaited from my perspective. So anyone that's listening out there that really wants to know a specific thing about her Disneyland experience, or if you've got any specific recommendations or things you would love for Millie to do while she's there, um, obviously all very PG-13, very appropriate, uh, then please let us know on Instagram. What are our Instagram and Twitter? Twitter is Millie. Yeah, it's the Duropo on Twitter and the Podcast on Instagram. And I'd really love to hear any recommendations because I fully have no idea what I am walking into, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So thank you so, so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Duo Podcast. We will check in with you very soon. But until then, take care. Thanks, guys.